What's going on, family? Happy Monday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. Yeah, I'm your man, Gerard Bonner, GB in some circles. I hope you guys are doing well. Let me start with an apology. These last few weeks have been very, very busy and in some cases challenging, both personally and professionally. If you follow me on my personal pages, you may know some of what has happened. But in case you don't, I lost someone very, very dear to me at the top of the month. Uh, They're like a father to me. And so really, we've been dealing with all of the things connected to that from arrangements to, you know, just attending and then just trying to, in my own mind, try to make sense of it. And honestly, I still haven't. But I said, hey, it's time to, to at least hop back in the saddle and continue doing this. And so I'm grateful that you guys are rocking. I'm grateful that you guys are asking where the content is, where the shows are, especially during WrestleMania season. So thank you guys for your patience with it. I promise we're going to continue to do some great, great things. Uh, that is for sure. Shout out to all of you who are following us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook and Twitter at The Faction Show. Shouts to all of you who are subscribed to this podcast in all of the spaces that you can find us. That means the world. And do me a favor, if you would, it is WrestleMania season, one of the greatest seasons of all for us as wrestling fans. So invite some friends on the journey to be a part of what we're doing here at The Faction. Share this podcast in your social spaces, in conversations and the like. And uh, yeah, it's a great, great thing. Okay, so there's a lot to get into. We at this point are less than two weeks away from WrestleMania. And there are all sorts of things going around in terms of what the current WrestleMania will look like we tend to look back at previous wrestlemanias and while we're doing that i want to shout out my good brother brian h waters and the folks over at wrestling realm who invited me to be a part of their five-year anniversary show last week where we did a live show doing a recap of wrestlemania 18 so definitely hop on the social spaces check it out you can find it in our stories as well such a fun fun discussion also on twitter and all the cool places check out brian h waters and the wrestling realm which is also on youtube and on twitch and of course i've been still doing some work with wwt live and of course with wrestle extra and my good brothers over in the uk all right now back to faction action dare i say Let's start with talking about kind of this road to WrestleMania. I think it's safe to say that the road to WrestleMania 39 may be the most intriguing road we have seen in years. The stories that are being told are incredible. The matches that are being put together are really outstanding. There are some surprises in the middle of that. And while I'm talking about that, let's talk about probably the first big surprise match-wise when it comes to WrestleMania, and that is Brock Lesnar versus Omos. I feel as though when this was announced, I didn't think it was actually going to happen. There are parts of me that still feel like this match is a decoy, a decoy to ultimately get us to Lesnar-Lashley 4, which I totally believe needs to happen at WrestleMania, and there are parts of me that still feel like it's going to happen for two reasons. Number one, you've probably heard that Bray Wyatt is injured and it looks as though he will miss WrestleMania. So now there are questions in terms of what will Bobby Lashley do at WrestleMania since his promoted WrestleMania opponent doesn't appear to be present. Then there's the Brock Lesnar Omos question. So they had their first face off last Monday night. And I have to admit, 
WWE had me. They had me uh, very interested in this, and here's why. Because when Omos walks out to the ring and the camera shot of him next to MVP, you really start to understand how massive this man is. And whether you like his wrestling skills or not, there is just something awe-inspiring that leaves your jaw dropped when you see a man of that height and weight, because that's not normal. You don't see that walking around the store every day. You don't see that in your normal community. And then when you look at Brock Lesnar, Brock Lesnar has not ultimately faced too many men that are larger than him. Brock Lesnar usually towers over everybody with his size, with his strength, and of course his explosive outrage when he just does crazy things. So to see him standing face to face with Omos and him having to look up at someone who is nearly a foot taller than him, it's a visual that you cannot turn away from. And I was sold on Omos putting his fist in the face of Brock Lesnar so that you can see just how big Omos is and how, yeah, he does make Brock Lesnar look small. And you automatically ask the question, hey, can Brock Lesnar overcome this? It is the aesthetic that made us intrigued by Hogan and Andre. Now, obviously, with Hogan and Andre, you had a world title and you had a man who was undefeated for 15 years. So those are some different elements. But that visual of Hogan and Andre is kind of what you got with the visual of Brock Lesnar and Omas. So, yeah, they got me. I'm ready for it. And then comes the confrontation. Brock goes for the back suplex, couldn't lift him up. And then Omos goes to push Brock Lesnar over the top rope and can't get it done. It is for that reason. Now, mind you, on the replay of it, WWE's editing team is second to none. And they did their good editing to make it look like he got Brock over on the first try. But that's not what happened. Follow that with Omas and his inability to follow that moment up well. So if you botch one moment, follow it up with a moment that makes us forget about the botch. So in this case, follow it up with some sort of additional confrontation outside of the ring that puts Lesnar on his keister. So you're sitting back going, oh, okay, Omas is the real deal. Instead, we end with Brock Lesnar saying, give me my hat. Right. Not exactly what's supposed to happen in an encounter between two guys that we're really trying to get invested in. So it is for this reason and understanding that you cannot edit a live moment that tells me very, very clearly that we're going to find our way back to Brock Lesnar and Bobby Lashley for where we should have been the whole time, even if and I'm so convinced of this that I believe it'll even happen night of where perhaps Lashley will attack Omos and then get his comeuppance finally on Brock Lesnar because this Lashley-Lesnar confrontation can't possibly end the way that it did at Elimination Chamber with a DQ. Like, that just doesn't make a lick of sense. So, you heard it from me. I really do believe we're going to end up with Lashley-Lesnar 4 at WrestleMania. Also, when we take a look at this, we found out over the weekend that we're going to get a triple threat mat for the Intercontinental Championship, as Gunther will defend the Intercontinental Championship against both Sheamus and Drew McIntyre. 
I love this match for a lot of reasons. First and foremost, it's Gunther's first WrestleMania, which is kind of amazing when you think about that. Secondly, it is a prominent moment for the Intercontinental Championship, and that title has not been prominently displayed at WrestleMania in several years. So I'm very, very excited about this. Gunther, in the midst of a 250-plus day reign, the longest intercontinental title reign of anyone this century, which is an amazing feat. And I'll get into my WrestleMania predictions perhaps sometimes next week, but I just really feel like this is something special that we're seeing. A lot of this WrestleMania card deems and reeks of something awesome. And speaking of reeking of awesome, Edge versus Finn Balor, Hell in a Cell, sign me up. I'm happy for Finn Balor perhaps getting the most marquee match he's had at a WrestleMania since he first appeared there. I mean, certainly he's won the Intercontinental Championship there, which is awesome, but we've not seen Hell in a Cell at a WrestleMania in several years. So this is a great, great moment for both Finn Balor and Edge, and I think they're going to tear the roof off literally. It's going to be something fantastic. And as we're talking about the road to WrestleMania, we are all engulfed in the story of the bloodline. Shout out to WWE for listening to the fans and then having the wherewithal to actually put together all of these clips that have happened with the inception of the bloodline going all the way back to August of 2020 during the pandemic era. They've pieced it all together for something around two hours, and they're clearly going to be adding things to it as well as the story continues to develop. Go and check it out on YouTube. It already has over a million views, and it just launched on Friday. It is complete. I watched it and remembered some things that I had completely forgotten relative to the bloodline. So this is awesome. Check it out for sure. And the latest chapter I think that will be added if it isn't already is what's going on with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Perhaps this is one of the most masterful pieces of the story of the bloodline that it doesn't just encompass the bloodline. But like any good series, like any good story, it pulls in other people. If you go back and watch this compilation of the bloodline, you see when Brock Lesnar enters, how this alters things. You see when Logan Paul enters, how it alters things. Of course, when Sami Zayn enters, how it alters things. It's a special, special time, and I am so excited about this. And now you throw Kevin Owens into the mix and all of these other ancillary pieces which fit in perfectly and now have us emotionally invested in all of these people as they all encompass the bloodline. So I made this statement on WWT Live Friday night, and I'm going to make it again, and perhaps we can unpack it, and I'd love to get your thoughts on it. Well, let me ask the question. The question is, is the bloodline the greatest storyline in WWE history? Scratch that in pro wrestling history. Now, I'm sure you're thinking of things and I can probably see, yeah, I could probably see one of our listeners for sure debating me on this and going to some other storyline. But I'm going to make a case for why I believe the bloodline story is the greatest story told in the history of WWE. Now, first of all, when we think about major stories told, 
Well, let's go back to even major factions, right? Most factions have their big run for about a year, two years tops. I think about the Horsemen, which really was the faction that kind of started the whole conversation about effective and significant factions. In their heyday, they ran about a year, a year and a half before breaking up, losing members, changing people, et cetera, et cetera. Some might argue the NWO. And if you think about it, the NWO story was compelling for the first three months. And then when they started adding all of these other people, not so much. DX, their story wasn't as intriguing as much as we liked watching them wreak havoc, but there wasn't a great story. Now, some might argue stories of, say, Kane and The Undertaker, or maybe even stories of Austin and McMahon. The Kane Undertaker story, you could make an argument for it being a compelling story, but the thing for the Kane and Undertaker story is it always surrounded Kane and Undertaker. It didn't necessarily loop in a ton of other people such that we were emotionally vested in them as well. And then when it comes to Austin McMahon, you can say the same thing. Certainly Vince McMahon would have the corporation at some point. You know, at some point he'd end up teaming with Austin. But it just, I mean, it was a great story. It was a great story, but it's not hitting anything like what we're getting right now, I believe, with the bloodline. How the bloodline in the process caused a few things to happen, caused us to finally love Roman Reigns and see him as the mega star that WWE always wanted him to be, how it has elevated Jay Uso from just being one half of the Usos, who we couldn't tell the difference between Jimmy and Jay, to now being main event Jay Uso and really being the linchpin in this entire story. How it took Sami Zayn from last year being in what many called a gimmick match, taking on Johnny Knoxville, to literally being in the main event in the Elimination Chamber pay-per-view, fighting for the WWE Championship, and will likely have a marquee match at this year's WrestleMania. It introduced us to Solo Sokoa, right? It gave the Usos the longest reign for any tag team champions in WWE history. Everybody was elevated by the bloodline. We can't say that for every faction that's happened. Usually for most of these factions, one person gets elevated while the others spend time solely ensuring the elevation of the leader. But in this particular case, Everybody is one. Solo Sokoa is still undefeated since his debut in WWE from back this summer, right? Like, this is a big deal. We are watching the perfect storm with the bloodline, and the story is still being told and could likely extend past WrestleMania. This is intriguing. This is amazing, and I believe that the story of the bloodline is the greatest story told in pro wrestling history. I'd love to get your thoughts on that potential hot take. Hit me up right now on the socials and let me know at The Faction Show. We're going to come back and discuss a few other things going on in the world of pro wrestling before we get out of here. This is a total package Lex Luger, and you are turned into The Faction I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy 
shaping it. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm gonna start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were gonna start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How did we get on Southern Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack 1,000 people. I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. How about that? The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here a few minutes later. It was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it wouldn't read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win and there's a you, there will always be a S-H-W. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, guys, some more great things happening in the world of wrestling. We have not had an opportunity to talk about the rebirth of Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is back. It returned at the top of this month on the Honor Club streaming service for Ring of Honor, and that is the exclusive home for it. It is a two-hour show compared to the one-hour show that Ring of Honor had traditionally been in its previous era. We have back on commentary the voices of Ring of Honor, Ian Riccoboni, and our good friend Caprice Coleman. Very excited for that. And I'll tell you something. I believe what we're seeing with Ring of Honor is a beautiful renaissance. It is really presenting Ring of Honor better than it's ever been presented. And here's why. First and foremost, there is a singular place that we can all watch Ring of Honor at the same time. Previously, Ring of Honor had been in syndication and you never really knew from market to market when you can check it out. Now, we all know that you can now check out Ring of Honor on Honor Club, which again is awesome. And Ring of Honor's two-hour TV program alone is worth a $9.99 a month. I mentioned again that it's back at two hours, and now it is commercial-free, which is also a big deal. Now, I don't know how long that will continue, but 
truth be told, if subscriptions go well, I think it could make sense, though I think at some point there will end up being commercials and sponsors and things of that nature. Thirdly, we're really establishing some things, and I like what's being established. We don't have AEW championships defended on Ring of Honor. Instead, it is all Ring of Honor championships. We are seeing some folks who are bleeding over from AEW. They may become a permanent part of the Ring of Honor roster. Time will certainly tell. But stories are being told that are leading us to Supercard of Honor, which is happening WrestleMania week. And so I feel like the build to Supercard of Honor is significant because it's all happening on Honor Club, whether it be the world champion Claudio Castagnoli potentially getting a match, I think, against Eddie Kingston, which I think should be interesting. I think it'll be interesting. I'm not sure if Eddie Kingston is what we think of when it comes to Ring of Honor, but I think this is going to be a great match. Then the TV title match that's coming with Samoa Joe and Mark Briscoe. I think that should be incredible. I'm imagining Mark Briscoe will take it, if for nothing else but sentimental value. Speaking of Mark Briscoe, he will relinquish the tag team championships as new tag team champions will be crowned there at Supercard of Honor in that great ladder match that's going to happen. We don't know the teams that are qualified just yet. And we do know that Athena will be defending her women's championship. And speaking of Athena, I think Athena has absolutely won and the women's division have absolutely won in Ring of Honor. Now, I'm not sure and I don't feel like just in watching the two shows that Ring of Honor and AEW share the same creative mind backstage. I know it was initially rumored that Tony Khan would be booking both shows, but it's very evident that that's not happening we've got multiple women's matches that are happening on ring of honor we're seeing the rise of trish adora which i think is amazing the rise of willow nightingale athena has really come into her own as the ring of honor women's world champion there's a lot of big wins happening right now even to production value the way that it's shot it being shot at universal orlando it looks better than it's ever looked it's felt better than it's ever felt Ring of Honor is back, and this, my friends, is very, very exciting. And it's another reminder that we live in a world in 2023 where every day of the week there is fresh content for pro wrestling. And I love it, whether it's Raw, NXT, AEW Dynamite, AEW Rampage, SmackDown, ROH, Impact, there's a lot of great wrestling that's out there. We haven't even gotten into WOW or Women's Wrestling Army or several of the other great broadcasts that are there. So shout out to Ring of Honor, an amazing return, and I am excited to see the future of Ring of Honor, which I'm sure we'll get more of as we are headed to Supercard of Honor taking place on March the 30th. The month of March is Women's History Month, and before the month is out, we'll certainly be dedicating some shows to promoting women's history and all that has happened in the world of women's wrestling. I think it's exciting to consider that when we get to WrestleMania this year, it looks like we're going to have four women's matches, including two title matches, an amazing six-woman tag match, and a fatal four-way tag team matchup. So these are exciting times for women's wrestling and watching how women's wrestling has developed over these last few years, the last couple of decades has been amazing. 
Speaking of great women's wrestling, if you missed Trish versus Lita on WWE Rivals on A&E, definitely go check that out. That is some great television, great storytelling that happened there. And speaking of that, WWE shared their biography on Paige last night, which I thought was very interesting because I'm surprised that they would do that on someone who is no longer with the company and is clearly over in AEW. But I thought they told her story masterfully and it was done well I believe it was recorded and produced before she moved over to AEW so they did update some lower thirds with seeing Sasha Banks and calling her a former WWE superstar etc etc so very interesting story definitely go check that out and make sure you're checking out A&E biographies for WWE their superstar Sunday is absolutely fan fantastic all right here's what i'm gonna do in the coming days we're gonna be having more content where we will be spending some time doing some recaps and conversations about wrestlemania there are a lot of them in fact i feel like i might do a post to see which wrestlemanias you want us to recap i'd be very intrigued to see what your thoughts are if you have some put them in our comment section or you can shoot us a dm and let us know which wrestlemanias you'd like for us to recap and we will absolutely do that all right guys we're gonna get out of here have an absolutely amazing day thank you again for being so kind and welcoming us back remember if you've not picked up any merch yet you can do that at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide two great shirts there and they both chronicle my career in the sport of pro wrestling one is bet on you the other is five seconds of courage so check out both shirts and you can feel free to order them today at prowrestlingtees.com slash bonafide and of course if you're looking for any of my commentary work, you can find it on Southern Honor Wrestling, which you can check out on IWTV. You can check it out on Battle Slam, on Fight TV, and you can also check out our work at the Nightmare Factory for the student showcases on the Nightmare Factory's YouTube page. Until next time, family, representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the NAACP Image Award winning EP, John Murray. My name is Gerard Bonner, and this is The Faction. I lead my people, here we go.